All right. And we are rolling. So this episode is, what was it? Suicide Squad. Okay. <laughs> the Suicide Squad. Oh, excuse squad. me. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> you fucking forgot it. I immediately. <laughs> All right. Um, well, because I was thinking about that other movie that we need to do. Oh. All right. No sudden move. Okay. Anyway. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Movie Boys. My name is Tyler. I'm Rowdy. And we are here today to talk about The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. David Ayer's film. Yeah, the David Ayer's film. Release the Ayer cut, you cowards. (laughs) Is he making those claims too? No, but fans of the first Suicide Squad are... Which, in his defense, it sounds like his vision was a lot more different than Zack Snyder's was with Justice League. Because before, uh, well, when the first trailer for the first Suicide Squad movie came out, uh, the who who who's the production company? Is it Warner Brothers? For Suicide Squad, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers liked the way. That the trailer company cut that trailer That's together right. so much that they let that. them cut the entire movie. Oh, That's why it, it is showed full of like fucking music from the radio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. So, I mean. <sighs> I still think it would be awful though because Jared Leto is the Joker. It's just oh my fucking God. Yeah. trash. His, yeah. His Joker was absolute <laughs> trash. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like. Speaking like speaking of the Snyder Cut, like I'll never watch that movie again. I just wanted to watch it to make it, to give you know Snyder the benefit of the doubt. I literally think all he had to do was change the ending, and it would have been all right. Yeah, like he could have made that an alternate ending, and it would have made the film way better. Well, that's also the ending that you got in the Snyder Cut isn't the ending that he wanted. So there's another cut of the Snyder Cut. No, hold on. In- Why? Instead of Martian Manhunter floating down from the heavens, yeah, it's the Green Lantern. So that's it. But the studio didn't let him do that for some reason. Uh, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking oh. about... Oh, the fight or whatever? Yeah, the yeah. fight. Yeah, the fight was cool. That was the best part of it. Yeah, and that... and yeah. I anyway. didn't pay attention to most of that movie. Yeah, no. The fight no. was cool. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyway... Back good movies, the, yeah. good movies only. Yeah, back well, to the Suicide really, Squad. Yeah. All right. So basically, this is like a redemption film for the Suicide Squad, even though it's like it's not really like a a reboot. They didn't do like a reboot. It's. I think it's more. Well, I view it more as an fu to uh, to Marvel from James Gunn. Oh yeah. Because this yeah. is made as good as it is. Spoiler alert! This movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's made as good as it is because Marvel was were being dicks, and they fired James Gunn over like decades old tweets. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he was like, "All right, I'm gonna go to DC and make a movie that I really want to make." Yep. And he threw this thing together. He directed, he wrote, and he handpicked every single superhero, well, mm. supervillain that's in this. Yeah. And oh my god, it oh my amazing. god, bangers! Yeah, yeah. bangers. So yeah, I mean, it's it's leaps and bounds better than the first one. Yeah. And one thing that I do like about this film, they basically show you like in the opening scene, just 
basically how we got here because they're like, well, wait a minute, why are there so many different people? Basically, they just show you how expendable everybody is. Yeah. And they don't give a shit about them. And Harley Quinn's basically the, well, um, Harley Quinn and Rick Flag are the only ones that. Well, were, Harley Quinn, Rick Flag, and Captain Boomerang. Oh, I forgot he was in the original one, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. So. He, but he died like almost immediately. Well, spoiler alert, dude. <laughs> what do you the, mean spoiler? The it's f- the first 10 minutes the, of the film. The first 15 minutes of this movie is more... I, I told you this because I watched this before you and uh, your wife, Rebecca, did. I told you that the first 15 minutes of this movie is more enjoyable than anything that Marvel has put out besides like a Avengers movie. Right. But yeah, this... Uh, the opening, oh my god, it is so good. You start off with Michael Rooker, who plays Savant, who's like this, he can kill you with anything. Mm-hmm. He's like a bullseye from Marvel, basically, mm-hmm. where he can throw like a fucking, you see him throw a tennis ball and kill a bird with it yeah. after he ricochets it 20 times. And it's basically a false open because it's focusing on Michael Rooker the entire time Mm -hmm. and it's introducing all the other suicide squad and you see Margot Robbie and uh, what's Jai Courtney who plays captain boomerang. And you're like, Oh, this is the team. But I saw the trailers and Idris Elba's in this movie. Where's Idris Elba? Where's Mm -hmm. the shark? Where are all these fucking people? Yeah. And they get on the plane and it's one of my favorite parts of the movie with the fucking weasel. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pete Davidson, uh, Pete Davidson he's like, he is this it. thing a dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a weasel. He's like, oh, he's a weasel. Or uh, Margot Robbie's like, oh, it's a weasel. I've never seen a weasel or something like that. Yeah. And uh, Rick Flagg, Joel Kinnaman's character, is like, don't uh, don't get too excited. He killed like thirty uh, <laughs> something kids or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and then it cuts to his face, and it's just like the most fucking crazy looking <laughs> thing you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. But anyway, basically they land on this beach, right? And they're well, taking on this army, right? The weasel gets thrown out of the plane because <laughs> yeah. he couldn't he swim. swim. But if you see uh, on the plane when. Uh, Rick Flagg's telling everybody the plan, like, hey, we're going to jump into the water and swim to shore. The weasel's in the background trying to tell him <laughs> that he can't swim. <laughs> He's sitting there freaking out, looking at everybody, like, hey, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. I can't swim. But they get on the beach, and basically it's a fucking ambush because uh, Pete Davidson sold him out. Yeah, and he that's gets right. his head blown off. He's the first one to die. Yeah. And everybody fucking dies, basically. Yeah, everybody dies. And then you realize that that was literally just a diversion. Yeah. And they put the actual Suicide Squad, like, a click, a couple of clicks to the side of the island. Yeah, because... And that's where they go in. There's only two survivors. Joel Kinnaman uh, is kidnapped by who you think are enemy soldiers. But spoiler alert, later in the movie, you find out that they're good guys. Mm-hmm. And then Marco Robbie gets kidnapped by the dictator or whatever. Yeah. That's in love with her or whatever. But yeah, it's, and there's one secret survivor that you don't find out till the end. And it's the fucking weasel. Weasel, <laughs> weasel survives. So, uh, I guess basically to go over to the plot, you know, the American government finds out that I forget what it was in a made up country. Well, they don't find it out. Cause the this twist is that oh, they were no hold on them. what hold on what they find out is that the government has 
switched. The, oh, yeah. There was a military coup, yeah, basically. Okay. There was a military coup. Yeah. And the United States has been doing has been running an experimental yeah. program on aliens or whatever there. And now they know that that government can use that information to make the United States look bad. Yeah. And that's why they're sending the suicide squad in. They're sending them in there to destroy the program and all the evidence yeah. so that the information doesn't get out. That's basically what the movie's about. Exactly. Correct. And like it's, it's just, in my opinion, it's like nonstop action. Yeah, well, even when there's lulls, it's still fun because the mm -hmm. writing's so good. James Gunn does a... He's like a... I guess the most comparable thing that you can compare him to is like he writes dialogue in a comedy form like mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantino writes in dramatic form. Right, yeah. He's very good. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much of it's actually like... Uh, ad-libbed or whatever well yeah that's true too but it's it's really really well done basically yeah. and li the <laughs> the chemistry between john cena and idris elba oh, it was like it was perfect it dick swinging contest. <laughs> yeah it was perfect the whole time and john cena surprisingly was really uh layered in this yeah he you're right he was comedic he had mm -hmm. a uh dark side to him that yeah, was really cool very dark and dramatic side to him yeah no John Cena did amazing in this I guess that's why he's getting the spin off cause HBO Max is making a Peacemaker show now um which that's who John Cena's playing by the way is Peacemaker yeah. who there's a funny joke when uh after the massacre on the beach it cuts back to when Idris Elba's getting uh recruited or mm -hmm. basically forced into the Suicide Squad mm -hmm. And Viola Davis, who is amazing in this movie, she's such a good villain. Mm -hmm. But she tells him that he's got like specific skills that nobody else has, and uh, basically just like gives a spiel on how badass he is. And then she introduces uh, Idris Elba gets introduced to John Cena, and it's the same fucking thing. And I thought that that was like a perfect commentary and a joke about how there's so many characters that are written with the exact same powers right. as each other. Like Bloodsport, who's Idris Elba, John Cena, Peacemaker, and uh, uh, fuck Deathstroke, mm -hmm. and Deadshot. Mm -hmm. They're all the same fucking character. Yeah, they're just basically badass military people. Yeah, it's, it's such a good joke in the movie. Yeah, and but basically, like, it... And it's one of those things. It's crazy because the 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 story itself is like kind of short and sweet. Yeah. But they found a way to like put like more, I guess, depth to it. Yeah. And it just and there were little. What's the word? I don't want to say. Um, I had a brain fart. You don't want to say you had a brain fart. No. What is it? Uh, twist. That's, uh -oh. I don't. I had a major brain fart you got there. Brain cancer. <laughs> Let it take me. But um, anyway, there were there were like three really good twists in the movie, like two minor ones, and then like one really big one. No, never mind. There were four twists. Well, no, never mind. Three. There were three twists. Two were minor, and one was major. But the first twist, <laughs> the first twist was whenever they went to go re rescue uh, Rick Flagg, 
and they thought he was captured oh, by, by enemy troops, but it was the resistance. Yeah, and they go through, <laughs> Idris Elba and John Cena just murder everybody in like the most creative, well, everybody actually murders everybody in yeah. the most creative way. Yeah, they try to find the most creative way to kill people. But it's John Cena and Idris Elba going kill for kill basically <laughs> yeah and they were just trying to do it like the most extra way possible yeah and, and the king funny... sharks eating people yeah he's just rat catchers people having people or having rats eat people and the best part of that whole scene in my opinion other than the guy getting shot with his dick out <laughs> but was whenever idris Elba told him he said nobody likes a show up and then John Cena says, unless they're doing badass shit. And then he just held under his breath and says, you're right. <laughs> Nobody likes to show up unless they're doing badass shit. Yeah. Like what you said with uh, the, uh, it, like not lulling, basically. Mm-hmm. To me, the worst part of the movie still wasn't that bad. And it was a Harley Quinn warlord story. Right, you're story. right. Mm-hmm. Where basically, like, it, it does a really good job at showing you how much uh, the character of Harley Quinn's grown since right. the first Suicide Squad yep. movie. Uh-huh. Where she went through this relationship with the Joker and she's grown from it. And then in Birds of Prey where she, like, starts getting her independence and caring about herself. And in this one, granted, it does a really good job at showing how much of a fucking psychopath she is. Well, and that's the whole thing. Like, she's grown as a person, but still there's that underlying issue that she yeah. is literally a psychopath. Yeah, because she just fucking mercs this... Uh, the president. Yeah, the warlord dude, because he's got red flags in a relationship, and instead of just breaking it off with him, she just fucking murders him. Well, I mean, in her defense, the guy literally talked about murdering women and children. Yeah, that's true. And that was, that's what she said. She was like, that's a red flag. And... In my past, in my past, guys that have red flags, they don't just go away. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's <laughs> it's kind of bad when Harley Quinn it's is making sense. It's such a fucking crazy thing to me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but basically, she guns him down, and then she ends up right back where she was. They yeah. put her back in custody because but, the milit- they make the military general the new president. Yeah, I've seen that guy in some things too. And then the whole sequence where they're like, "Okay, well, we got to go rescue." Harley. Oh yeah, and she's and just she's, killing everybody. And while the they're trying to plan to escape, she or they're trying to plan her, you know, rescue. She's literally just rescuing herself. And <laughs> it was a really cool scene to her escaping because, mm-hmm. like, it's got these like Disney esque birds, these animated Disney esque birds. Well, it was like butterflies, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was butterflies and birds oh. flying around. Like she'd stab somebody, and like instead of it being blood. It's just flowers, birds, and butterflies coming out of them. And that's the whole thing, for all we know. That's what, it, what that's she, what she seeing, sees, yeah. and she's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, um, yeah she's a and then, crazy. In my opinion, the best part of that whole thing was after she escapes, she sees the other part of the Suicide Squad. They're about to break in and rescue her, and she's like, what are y'all doing? And she's like, we're about to break in and rescue you. Really? Like, she gets all sentimental. She's like, I'll go back. <laughs> See, my favorite part of that was... When they're the the team is outside like doing scout work basically mm-hmm. reconnaissance, uh, they're trying to see if anybody's in there and they don't see anybody because mm-hmm. Harley Quinn's killed them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peacemaker John Cena's like, I got one. Oh yeah, and it was that maid. secretary. Oh yeah, that's yeah, what she was. She was, she was a maid, and he's like, I could take her out right now. <laughs> I only see one bad guy, and 
it was just so fucking, uh, I guess, revealing of what kind of character he is. Right, because ultimately that was his shtick or whatever well, is that yeah, he's that was willing to do anything for peace or whatever. Yeah, like and that. Uh, it was a line, and he doesn't care how many kids. He yeah. has to kill or something like that. Yeah, he didn't give a damn. Yeah, he would was... kill anybody. And so, which I guess I guess they didn't lay it out in the movie. Why was he in jail in the first place? I or was he in jail in the first yeah, place? Yeah, he was. He was in prison, but I don't remember. It, it doesn't really tell you why any of them are in jail. Yeah, like you just assume that their superhero caught them. Yeah, basically. But, but my my favorite one. My favorite supervillain that we still have not talked about. Ratcatcher? No. Oh. Well, she was, in terms of like story wise, I think she was the best part of the movie. Because mm-hmm. I don't, hold on, the actress that played her. My only, my only problem with that is, is that they labeled her a millennial and she's not. She's a Gen Z. Oh, I didn't look at her age. Yeah, no. Like in the movie, she's only like 20. Daniela Mel. Chore, Chior. Yeah. In the movie, she's literally like, I think she's like, they say she's 19. Yeah, she did a really, her actress did a really good yeah. job. So she was did born the right actor. It puts her born, she was literally born after 9-11. She is not a millennial. We can't say that on here. Can't what, say 9-11? Yeah. Why not? Trigger word, dude. <laughs> like I said. Anyways. Um... Yeah, she in terms of story wise though, she was my favorite because she was like had the most depth to her, I guess. Yeah. And uh but in terms of like enjoyability, yeah. It mm-hmm. was Polka Dot Man. I loved oh, yeah. him. I loved mm-hmm. him so much. Uh Damien Dalsmalchi and he's mm-hmm. he's been a background actor. Yeah. He's had these little parts like in giant movies. The first thing I ever remember seeing him in was The Dark Knight. He yeah, was one of the he, soldiers at the twenty one guns. He was salute. in The Dark Knight. He was in uh Prisoners that I never Jake Gyllenhaal, that. Hugh Jackman movie is amazing. He was in that. He's in so many things and to see like actually get to see him really act. Like there's, it's funny. He's he's funny, but he's also f- really tragic because his story is his mom was a mad scientist who did experiments on him and his brothers trying yeah. to make them into superheroes, and then he got infected with like a a, a virus, a, a space uh, virus or something like that. What was what did they say? It was a a, a multi dimensional virus oh, yeah, inter- or something. Yeah, an interdimensional yeah. virus. That's what it was. Yeah, and it basically polka dots. Uh, he gets these energy balls in him that if he doesn't expel them, then he'll blow up. Yeah, he has to like throw them up. Yeah, and that scene where you first see that is awesome because yeah. he wakes up when they're camping in the jungle and his face <laughs> is swollen with like fruity pebbles yeah. all over it. And it's funny because they're like, you okay? Yeah, I'm hard. I'm fine. <laughs> he just goes <laughs> off into the bushes and you just see like a stream of rainbow shoot out of his mouth, but it's like kind of blocked by... Uh, uh, because well, Fol- you're, you're directly behind it. Yeah, foliage. Yeah. Yeah, and he just comes back looking normal. <laughs> and Idris Elba's just looking at him like he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and Idris Elba, that's another thing we haven't talked about is in this movie, he's got a daughter that you see the relationship oh, yeah, they do early her, on yeah. where they're just fucking screaming at each other, which is like, to me, was probably the most realistic thing in this movie was yeah. the relationship where they fucking hated each other, but they loved each other still. And that was the whole thing is, like, he told her, it's like, you know, 
don't. He's like, oh, he was ashamed of her because she got caught stealing a shitty watch or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it was and a she's smart like, watch. That's, yeah, and she's like, and that's what you're worried about? He's like, why the fuck did you come here? He's like, I fucking hate you. And she's like, I fuck you, I hate you. And then at the end of the movie, whenever she sees him on TV, she's like, that's my dad. That's my dad. Yeah. But the whole throughout the whole movie, though, Idris Elba has like this kind of father, fatherly figure role with Rhett Catcher 2. Oh, which yeah. It was really nice and kind of, it was, I mean, it was kind of predictable, but it was also really good. Yeah. But anyway, so the, at this point in the story, they basically develop a plot to where they're going to break into this facility and complete the mission. And they have to kidnap the, like, the head scientist or whatever to use his credentials to get in, which they do. They kidnap him and everything. The Thinker is his name. Yeah, that's right. The Thinker. And they get to the facility. They find out that there's some alien that the... I think it's called Starro. The Starro, yeah. There's some alien that they found whenever they went to the moon or... It's basically a giant starfish with an eye. Yeah, and it can release spores. And then the spores the, the attach... Mind control. It's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, fuck, what is it? I'm blanking on Alien? It. No, it's not alien. It's... Uh, Don, Donald, not fuck. Oh my God, Donald Sutherland. Uh, oh, why am I blinking on the name? I don't know. Uh, keep talking. Anyway, so and they basically find out that it was the un. They because what it is is they're led to believe by Viola Davis that it was the country itself. Yeah. That took control, or that yeah took control of this alien and basically manipulated it into a. A weapon, basically. Yeah. But later on, once they get into the facility, they actually find out that it was America that did it, and they were just trying to destroy the fact that America did. Which this. scratch what I said about Right Catcher Two and uh, or not Right Catcher Two, uh, Idris Elba and his daughter's relationship be the uh-huh. most realistic thing in this movie that oh n- that revelation. Is. Let's put it this way: we're getting to that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's it's happened. Yeah, we're getting to that. Uh, but basically, they get to the facility. They break down into the ba- the basement or whatever. They put all the bombs well, they, all over the... Yeah, they split up into two teams. One yeah. team is planting bombs around the facility, and then the other team goes to the basement to get the... Uh, to... Uh, what is it? Oh, the information or whatever. Yeah, because that was a, there was a hard drive. There was a hard drive that they needed yeah. to destroy. Yeah, because that was that was the evidence that they wanted to get rid of. Yeah, and then they wanted to get rid of the facility because they wanted to destroy the program. But ultimately, Viola Davis didn't give a shit about that. She just cared about the evidence. Yeah, and that that's one thing that I liked that James Gunn decided was he followed one team like basically the entire time that the teams were apart. Yeah. Well, and then right before they were going to join up again, you know, based on the circumstances, they cut and they say, you know, eight minutes earlier yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then they carry you with the other team. And I, I absolutely loved that. Yeah. Uh, the team in the basement though, it's John Cena, Joel Kinnaman and uh Rhett Kitcher two's actress. So yeah. I don't remember. But basically it, breaks down because Joel Kinnaman is freaking out because he sees like all the slaves and the mind right, controls and yeah. the experiments. And then the thinker is basically like doing his evil villain speech or whatever. His monologue. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
Starro gets out. <laughs> he rips apart the thinker. And then uh, John Cena and Joel Kinnaman get into a fight because Joel Kinnaman wants to expose the secrets. Right. He but doesn't John, want to destroy the hard drive. But John Cena, freedom at any cost. Mm-hmm. Or, or peace at any cost. Yeah. So. And. They get into a crazy fight. And John Cena kills a really sad. It's surprisingly, it was really sad. It was sad. Because in the first Suicide Squad, like, he was just a hollow character to me. Right. Well, because you got to think of who he was. uh, Rick Flagg was a hollow character. Because that's the thing. That's who he was supposed to be. He's like, look, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. You know, I'm not even. I don't even want to be here. They're forcing me to be here, and that was the part that he played. Yeah, and and this one though, James Gunn did a really good job at writing him as like a likable leader, right? Mm-hmm. Who he's charismatic, he's fun, and he he's a good guy. Most of these guys, most of the Suicide Squad are good people underneath it all. Oh yeah, it's just like King Shark they doesn't have, have any friends. Uh, he just wants a friend, basically. Yeah. Uh, Rat Catcher 2 is just a lonely girl who misses her dad. By the way, side note, Taika Waititi plays Rat Catcher 1, her father, which I thought was a great cameo. And then uh, Idris Elba is just like a pissed-off dad, basically. And uh, Polka Dot Man has mommy issues. Huge mommy issues. Yeah, because he can't hurt anybody unless he sees them as his mother, which mm-hmm. was a funny un- uh, recurring joke. Mm-hmm. But basically, like, they're all good people except for Peacemaker. Yeah. And and it's one of those things that, like, it makes you realize that a lot of, quote-unquote, evil, like, uh, villains, at evil. least in the comic world, <laughs> at least in the comic book world, they do it for their family. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody that they love or something like or that. Or they do it for their family or because of their family. Right. And then the the good people do horrible things in the name of you know justice, justice. Yeah. big air quotes there justice which this movie's just made me realize like how much of a commentary most comic books are on, on culture mm-hmm. like modern actual culture not just culture think about it like uh, foreign, you know, foreign affairs. And well, that's stuff what like I mean. That. Like, like everything, it's crazy. Like with the the twist of this movie, where they're sent there to fucking hide America, being bastards, basically. Yeah. Which I don't want this to turn into like a anti America thing, but we've done some awful shit. Mm-hmm. And and that's the whole thing. Like, don't get me wrong, the alien part is outlandish, but the us. core the core story of America basically doing, committing war crimes in the name of the preservation of America. Yeah. And at the, literally at the cost of a foreign entity of some sort. Yeah. We've done that. Well, see, that's the fucked up thing. Not just at the cost of a foreign entity. We've done it on our own civilians. Yeah, you're right too. You're right about that. Because, you know, look at the whole thing that they were literally planning terrorist attacks and to frame Cuba. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the dark past that, and that's, you know, we've had this discussion before. It literally pisses me off that I'm having to learn these things about my own country from movies, pop culture, basically. But, but anyway, long story short, the the team basically 
breaks down because they're well. It's not even really the team. It's John Cena well, against the team. Well, the the explosives go off early. Yeah, what happens. And um, and I forget why yeah. the explosives went off early. It was because oh, it oh, was because polka Starro. Dot, no, polka dot man. Oh yeah, he, he killed uh, that guy. Or yeah, whatever. and it, one of his polka dots hit the detonator. That's right. Yeah, but it, the only reason that they had that problem in the no, never mind. Never yeah. mind. Never yeah, mind. no, it was it was uh, Polka Dot Man accidentally yeah. setting off the explosives. So, but anyway, long story short, for the ending is they end up having to fight Starro. Yeah, they have that su- realizing that they're superheroes. Yeah, that well, they're not necessarily superheroes, but they're not shitty people. Right. Because uh, Viola Davis is telling them like, "Hey, your mission's done. Go home." Yeah. And they're like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna save this. Yeah, we're gonna save these people from a giant starfish that the America literally created." Yeah. So, yeah, they have the giant showdown. Everybody does their thing. Uh, fucking Bloodsport. Idris Elba is just shooting at a fucking brick wall, basically, because <laughs> yeah. his bullets aren't doing anything. I think the most effective one, other than Ratcatcher, was my boy Polka Dot Man. Yeah, who he gets ended that up one cutting good, his arm off. That one good shot and cut the arm off, and then I'm a superhero, and you fucking knew the second the camera cuts to him and he's saying something, you're like, he's dead. He's dead, yeah. He just and gets fucking flattened. <laughs> and sure enough, freaking uh, Starro just steps on him, I think it was. Well, yeah, it was He slams like him, that. something like that, yeah, kills him yeah. instantly. And then Ratcatcher calls her rats in to eat the fucking starfish, which... Oh my god, that's so many rats. <laughs> oh, so and rats. something else we didn't talk about is uh Bloodsport, Idris Elba's character. He has a fear of rats because his dad threw him in a oh, in, yeah, in like a right. dark in a closet. cage with yeah, yeah, rats or something yeah, like that. Yeah, with rats and that's what he had to eat or whatever. Uh and like the whole time the rats are attacking Starro, they're just crawling over Idris Elba who's on the ground in the fetal position. And then Harley Quinn's up on the roof, and she's got Javelin, who... Oh, yeah, that's right. We haven't even mentioned. He's one of the characters at the beginning that just dies. <laughs> and it, the only thing he contributed to the story was his Javelin. Mm-hmm. But she fucking does a swanton bomb into the fucking... Into uh, his eye. Starro's eye and swims around in there. While the, the rats ad- just murk yeah, everything. The rats eat everything. But, uh... Yeah, that's... Oh, but the reason, the whole reason that they were even able to do all of this, because Viola Davis was about to murk all of them. Oh, yeah. And then their team was like, nope, and they literally just, they just tee off on her (laughs) and knock her out. the, The team members, the guy with the glasses, Yeah. I think he's the one that did the motion capture stuff for King Shark on set. Oh, okay. Like all the, all the BTS stuff that I've watched on it. It's it's a guy that looks exactly like him. Oh, okay. I could just be I wasn't sure. being racist against my own people. That all that, white people look you know, the same. all the white people look the same. But, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> ultimately, the the movie itself, the story itself, just everything about it was just top notch, in it's, my opinion. It's fun, but it it does a good job at not being dumb fun because it's got a heart to it, and it's got like a fun twist. It's got really well-written characters. 
and everything just has depth to it. When James Gunn, he could have took the easy route mm -hmm. and went shallow with everything, and it still would have been a passable movie. But he went balls out with it, with everything, and it was it shows. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, honestly, if I had to rate it, like, as far as, oh, what's it? Um, I know that, you know, prior to watching the film, you didn't have high hopes for the CG of, uh, shark. What was oh, King Shark. King Shark. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty yeah, good. Yeah. It, 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 they did a really good job at lighting it. Yeah. It was, I, yeah. I it, think they did really good as far as that goes. Yeah. It was, Sylvester Stallone's my second favorite, uh, portrayal of King Shark so far. First being Ron Funches in the Harley Quinn TV show on. HBO Max. Oh, I need to watch that. It's fun. It's mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as I would have to go, I would I would give it like a. Uh, I don't want to be too generous. I'll say a seven and a half. What? Yeah. Dude, the, I'm the only reason I the only reason I say that is is because when it comes down to it, it's still like a guilty pleasure superhero movie. Uh, you know what mean, I mean? It's not even that. It's like a good, it's a well-made movie. It is. It's a like very well-made movie. It's well-made. It's well-directed. It's well-written. It's well-everything. But, and here's the big but that I have, and it's not even, it's not James Gunn's fault. It's not the film's fault. It's Warner Brothers' fault. Because when it comes down to it, I'd not... I'm not connected to the movie itself because it doesn't have any support. You, you know mean, what I mean? What do you mean by support? Like it doesn't have like, like let's put it this way. It it's in my opinion, it's not something that they could build an, uh, a cinematic universe out of. They're doing that though. They're working on it, but at the same time, it's not. This isn't going to be the basis. You see what I'm saying? I get. I like look at like look you know, look, look at Iron Man. Iron Man was the was a basis movie. They could literally build off of that. This it literally film feels like this movie should have been like in the middle of the the journey of a of a cinematic universe, but. It's there's nothing before it, and to the best of my knowledge, there's nothing to look forward to after it either. Well, they're making the Peacemaker show. Like I said, there's the, nothing to look forward to after the, it. I'm looking forward. To I that. love John Cena. I, but I I disagree with you. I think that I think part of the reason you might feel that way is because it's a it's essentially a team up movie. It, and it is, but it still has the building blocks. So because if. They have built off of it. This is, in a way, the middle of it because this is the third movie in that universe. Right. The first being the first Suicide Squad, which was the, garbage. Then the I Harley haven't watched. I haven't watched Birds of Prey. Then, well, no, actually, this is connected all the fucking bullshit too with Justice League and all that also because Ben Affleck was in the first Suicide Squad. Movie. Right. With talking to Viola Davis. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and uh, he also had that stupid scene where he punches Harley Quinn in the face after they yeah, crash. Yeah, that's it. right. And he's got that god awful scene with Will Smith's daughter where he like arrests. Will Smith in front of her I in don't that remember movie. that yeah it's in part of one of his flashbacks but this isn't the but and here's the whole thing and here's and here's <laughs> probably my only critique of this it was literally an ensemble movie uh huh but the scope was so small. Yeah, that's what's like, cool. About let's it. put it this way: the like there were single there were single character movies that had 
bigger plots than this. But I think that that might be what James Gunn was going for because this the fun of this movie is it's not like out of this world superhero or super villains that have these insane powers where you actually need a superhero to stop them. It's a small scale super villains who are mm-hmm. just essentially human beings with the exception of King Shark. And like they're all real people basically. Right, right. So they don't need to be like fucking jet setting basically. Well, yeah, you're right. It's just, like I said, for a movie like this, for me to be more attached to it, unless it's literally like a foundation for a cinematic universe, I can't be that attached to it. I think they're going to... It's going to be hard for them because they kill off everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're... I think they're going to build off of it because of the success that it got, like, online, basically. I mean, Like, everybody loves it online. Yeah. I haven't seen a bad review of this movie. But and that's the whole thing. Like imagine, imagine the first Avengers just coming up out of nowhere, yeah. like nothing building up to it, nothing like that. Yeah, it was a good movie on its own, but it's n- like I would I would have rated it like a five or a six on its own. But with it being part of the canonical MCU, it gets more points from that foundation, I would which rate bumps this. it to about a seven or an eight. I would rate the Suicide Squad. A nine. Mm. This movie was great. It's it's good on its own. It is great. It did a really good job at showing you who people were without having like that backstory. Well, and that's the like that movie before. And that's the good thing about James Gunn is like he doesn't have to like spoon feed you their backstory for you to give a shit about them. Well, and that's a that goes back to the beginning of it where like it doesn't really introduce the people that were already in the movie, or in the first movie. Well, yeah. They just because, expect you to know everything. Well, not only that, they probably wanted to like distance themselves from that as much as possible. Yeah. R.I.P. David Ayer. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and not only that, it just goes to show you that these production companies, they have got to, like... They basically have to let these directors do what the F they want to do. Because you see what you get. Yeah, you, you see what you get. you let a director do that with James because, Gunn. Because other than that, why the F did you hire them? Why didn't you just hire some assistant director that's never directed before yeah. that can just be a yes well, man and then you just do what you want to do? That's sort of what Marvel does. Like That's why uh, Edgar Wright stepped out of uh, Ant-Man. To a certain extent, though, because you the one the one key factor that's, you know, that's the same throughout those movies that you have to think about is Kevin Feige. Yeah, but still though, it would, it would, and obviously they, Kevin Feige they knows are, what he's doing. In, Marvel are letting up with that, like with Sam Raimi directing uh, Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. coming up, which I hope that they let him do what he wants because he's one of my favorite directors and he's just batshit crazy with everything that yeah. he makes. And uh, Taika Waititi with Thor Ragnarok right. and Love and Thunder. But other than that though, like, I can't think of another, like, I can't name another director besides John Favreau, who started it, basically. Right, basically, yeah. And Joss Whedon, who's a f- 
creep. Yeah, but other than that, like, I can't tell you who directed the first Ant-Man or the second Ant-Man or the first right. Doctor Strange. Yeah, and, and they like all, I said... they all just feel the same. I think that that's why they don't... And, but that's what I'm saying about be, Kevin Feige. Kevin yeah, Feige is the constant there, and he obviously I, knows what he's doing. That's what I mean, though, about, like, well, we both agree on it, like how you should let a director make their own flavor of a movie because right. it could still be fun. Right. But, uh, like... Something I'm fucking thrilled to to hear about is uh, the next Guardians of the Galaxy, which, by the way, that's another movie with its own flavor in the MCU. Mm-hmm. But that's James Gunn's last Marvel movie, right? And uh, Warner Brothers is trying to sign him to a multi-year deal, and that's for fine. more comic. Bo- well, they want him to make like obscure comic book movies. So, like, who's directing the the Batman film? Uh, Matt right Reeves. Now. Matt Reeves. Okay. So I mean, and that's that's gonna be a dark, dark movie. Yeah, it it looks like it's a Batman movie. Yeah, and so that's that's where I stand on it. Like, it was really good, really well executed, and a fun, entertaining, good story. Like everything was good about it. Yeah, but I. I'm I guess I, I think I think what it is is uh, literally, for lack of a better word, I'm just spoiled. Yeah, that's all I can say. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to be pleasantly surprised to see that this is going to build off of stuff. I, and I hope that's what happens. Because, but the, that's the whole thing is I don't see it. I don't see it happening. It's going to happen because literally the biggest, the biggest quote unquote star that they have out of that entire movie is Margot Robbie, and she's carried three movies. <laughs> You're right, but at the same time, you also have to think about it. When it comes down to it, how on earth are you going to have a badass Harley Quinn that's already canonically connected to the worst Joker in cinematic history? How are you going to reboot that? How are you going to recover from that? Audience, people like me and you, we're dumb. You put another Joker, you just say, hey, this is... Let's just forget that first Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> this is the real Joker. Because let's put it this way: the Marvel did that. They they did that with the Hulk. Yeah, they did it three times with the Hulk. <laughs> You're right. Eric Bana, Edward Norton, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, and and I just I don't know. We'll just have to see. I'm, it's just I'm definitely not holding my breath because at the same time it seems like Warner Brothers doesn't have the capacity to let directors do what the f they want to do. And, uh, I guess we'll see what happens comes out of them, you know, with James Gunn. Another thing, they don't necessarily need to be connected. And see, and that's where and I see, lose it. Yeah, build universe building. You you gotta go old school no, with it, man. No, and here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. And this, and you know, and Marvel made me realize this. You can't do that anymore. You can no, because you, here's why. You're just spo- Rowdy, people here's are some, spoiled. You no, can't. and here's the thing. Look at the trash that they put up with all these years. Yeah, not necessarily trash, but let me rephrase that. Look at the the repetitiveness that people put up with over all these years. Because think about it. You had the the um, Adam West Batman. Then you had Val Kilmer. Well, not, I'm not going in order here, but you the, had the goat Batman. Yeah, Val Kilmer. You Put had, some respect on his motherfucking. Well, I guess man. you had Val Kilmer. You had uh, Michael Keaton. You had um, Christian Bale. Oh, well, hold on. George, George Clooney. George Christian Clooney. Bale. And you had Christian Bale. 
And now we've had Ben Affleck, which they're dumping on, which I think is a huge mistake. That's not a mistake. I don't think who they're replacing him with and the story that they're going with. If they're Robert gonna, fucking If Pattinson. they're even going to make it canon. Because that's the whole thing is it doesn't seem like that. Because that's the thing. That's Think about it. Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn is connected to Ben Affleck. Unless they're doing a Batman Beyond thing. Hold on. They're not doing that. It's going to be year two Batman. Year two Batman. They yeah. can't do that. They they could do it. You can't have Hold Marco on. Robbie meeting late Hold stage on. old Batman. Hold and on. then and then all of a sudden, canonically, she's with year two Batman. Do you know what The Flash is about? The Flash movie Oh, is my going God. Out? Don't tell me they're going to be going back in time with no, this No, no, no. Not back in time. Multiverses. Oh, Jesus they're Christ. They're doing multiverses. Dude. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what the fucking desert shit in the Justice League and the Batman uh, versus Superman stuff was. Oh, my God. That's a multiverse. It's all multiverses now. (sighs) That's the thing. Marvel opened that door and that's now such lazy. That's DC's just that is such it. lazy, right? Let's put it this way: multiverse, multiverse theory is the new. It was a dream. Yeah, it was all a dream. But <laughs> the thing about it is, is it it's lazy, but it can also be super fun. Like you have the Marvel show What If now. I don't, right? I don't know yeah, if I haven't watched it, it yet. The latest episode. They, they've come out and admitted that it's completely canon. The, yeah, the latest episode though was what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? You need to watch that episode because it Christ. is great. Basically, it, part of it is like, it's a remake of the first Guardians movie where Peter Quill uh-huh. is still in the, the stone or whatever. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, who are you? And it's Star-Lord. The guy, he, uh, T'Challa doesn't have to say a thing. The guy already knows, oh my God, it's Star-Lord. Like, basically, oh. T'Challa as Star-Lord is the exact opposite as Peter Quill as Star-Lord. Right. Like, he's well-known, he's cool, Yeah. everything's awesome. But my thing is... is right, like, you're getting too far from the mic. Oh. My thing about it is, though, is, like, multiverses can be fun. You're right. But at the same time... It's lazy, yes. It's, an, well, not, it's not even just that it's lazy. It's not so much that it's lazy, because obviously I don't have a problem. I'm super excited about, you know, the... Um, the Spider- Doctor Strange movie and, and Spider Man, yeah, yeah, I'm super excited I'm about that. I'm more excited about fucking uh, Spider Man. But at the same Toby. time, I do not want them to a beat a dead horse, or it's not dead yet, but they're beating it right yeah. now. I can tell you right now, they're beating it. It's 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 growing close to unconscious. Hear me out. What if right before they strike that horse dead? There's a new horse in a different <laughs> multiverse. See, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. You're getting it wrong. No, man. They can instead of beating the new horse to death, they shoot it to death. <laughs> and then in a different universe, instead of shooting it to death, they shock no. it to death. No, I'm. There's telling different you. ways to yeah. tell the same story. Is what but I mean. But at the same time, what I'm getting at is, like, we can't. We can't go back to the days of them like, okay, this is my iteration of Batman. This is my iteration of Superman. This is my iteration of Spider-Man. I don't think that we can't do that anymore, though. I think we should do that. Like, I wouldn't be mad if Robert Pattinson's Batman movie was was a one-off. Was its own thing. It's just its own thing. If it does good, great. If it can have another sequel that's good, great. But you can also do like. Like the first Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, who's the right. Spider-Man, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, that trilogy stood on its own. Yes. Until now, 
Yes. Now they're bringing it in, but but they're making it canon. But, that's how good it was. Well, that's the thing. Though. Well, because let's put it this that's way. That's not necessarily the truth. Because let's put it this way. They're also making Andrew Garfield canon too. Yeah, those weren't that great. Right, but here's the thing: there's no amount of multiverse that will ever make Jared Leto's Joker good. I mean, that's the, that's what I mean though about the multiverse. Though is that 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 introduces a new way to introduce a new Joker, a new actors, the Joker, because. <sighs> You're. I think that you have a problem. And you need to let that? Heath Ledger go. Nobody's ever going to be as good as him. No, and that I have no. Because that's the thing. Look at um, Jack Nicholson. His Joker was good. Yeah, but and I'm not. Was, I'm. I'm not vowing for him to come back because that's the thing. Heath Ledger's Joker. You're right, but Christopher Nolan's Batman as a whole does not work in this universe yeah. at all. It doesn't. That's what I'm uh, saying, though. Because I'm an advocate that's for keeping I, Ben Affleck as Batman. I'm not. Because it works. And I and I, I loved it. You you and I both love late-stage Batman because I, he stopped giving it. He I stopped loved, caring. I love... And he the, was just murking people. I love the Batman and Batman versus Superman. Justice League Batman, where he's like all fun and playful with fucking Wonder Woman. I can't stand that Batman. I don't like that Batman. Where was he fun and playful like with, with her? Like with his little banter with her. Like, oh, you're part of the team now. Like that shit. I fucking hate that. But like dark, pissed off Batman to where he doesn't care anymore. 100%. Give me the Batman that's snapping people's necks instead of their ribs. But that's what I think Robert Pattinson's... Batman's gonna be. That's why I'm so on board with that. And that's the whole thing. I guess we'll have to see how that goes because that trailer, he punches that guy like 20 times, and he's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, psh, 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 like fucking beating the shit out of him like it's in the Arkham game where you get yeah. like a 20 hit combo. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm Justice" or some shit yeah. like that. I'm like, "Oh my god." I guess we'll just have to see. But but as it stands, the movie <clears throat> itself no matter how well executed it was, still does not fill the void that, albeit as as unfair as it is, because it's not Warner Brothers' fault that I'm so spoiled by Disney and MCU. It just does not live up to the expectations of not only just a, what's the word, a, a ensemble movie. Mm-hmm. It just... It's it it's not good enough on its own to lack the foundation and still get like a nine out of ten from me. Yeah, I I can understand that because everybody's got their opinions, and sometimes they're wrong, which I appreciate <laughs> that. But at the same time, though, like when you strip away all that and just view it as what it is, and like what went into making it, basically. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I give it a nine. Because here's where here's my here's where I'm coming into a conflict. If I were to give this movie a nine, I gave Tenet a nine point five. Yeah, and I think that this that is, this movie is nowhere near I Tenet. Think, a, see, it's it's like and the only reason I gave it and the only reason pizza. I gave it the only reason I gave it a point five did, knocked that point five was because of the horrible audio mixing. See, that's like comparing cheesecake to pizza, man. Two different well, things. But that's the thing. So that's the thing. Are we going to introduce a different scale for different genres of I movies? I think that you should you should keep, like when you, 
when you bring up an argument like that where you gave Tenet a 9.5 in this, uh, 7, was it? 7.5, yeah. 7.5? That's two points. But that's, it's different things, though. It is, like, but... On like, on a terms of an action comedy, to me, this is a 9. Because, let's put it this way, in my opinion, this was good, but it wasn't Thor Ragnarok good. <laughs> to me, it was better than Thor Ragnarok. And, it, no, and in my opinion... Thor Ragnarok, if you if that movie were to come out of left field, no support, I would give it like an eight and a half. I am a Taika Waititi stand till I die. I understand. Hunt for that. the Wilder People is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Thor Ragnarok was not better than this movie. Yeah, I think it was. Like I, just everything about that movie was like it had the it had the comic relief. So it, it had the, it, but it didn't have Thor Ragnarok comic This release. movie had me laughing way more than Thor no, Ragnarok. No, man, because, man. like, think about you it. You got King Shark with the secret disguise. It's a mustache. Oh, it's still you, dude. Because, like, think about it. Parts of that movie are a literal meme. Like, look at Loki when he's like... But this ne- movie just came out, though. I understand that. I understand that. And there's... Can you think of a part that could be memeable in this movie? Yeah, uh... Fucking Polka Dot Man when he sees his mom as people, like... I don't know. I feel like there's a meme there. Uh, uh, Harley Quinn, whenever she shoots the dictator that's, guy. That that's one meme thing meme. that I was thinking, yeah. Uh, 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 not Eat Yourself, but uh, uh, Viola Davis getting cracked over the head with a golf club. But here's the, par- here's the point, though. The guy getting shot with his dick out. Okay, nah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I do see a Delta variant, a Delta variant <laughs> meme there. But those first two things that you said, they were serious moments in the movie. Yeah, but that's the, the that's part in the part in Ragnarok. Whenever Loki's like, "I've never met this man a day in my life," that's a, that was a funny part of the movie. But memes don't always come from funny things. So look at crying Jordan meme, the crying Jordan face. That wasn't a movie though. That but was that's literally a, a press but conference. That's my point though. Is like memes don't necessarily have to come from comedy. Part of the fun of some of the memes, which I don't know why the fuck we're arguing about memes right now, <laughs> but part of the fun of some of the memes that are out there is that they're born of serious things. You're that, and you're right to a certain extent. But what I'm getting at is, is the film itself. It literally had so much like comic relief in the in the movie, but still found a way to be like dead effing serious. Because you got to think, when it came down to it, it was an apoc- it was an apocalyptic film, yeah, and it just the whole the whole movie it it floated. It didn't feel there was no sludge anywhere in that film yeah. that I can that I can think of, and like you just like everything about that movie was just. I mean, like I said, I would give that like a if it were standing alone by itself, I would give that like an eight point five. Liar. But with all the backup that it did have and what it set up to bring us to, easily a nine. See, everything you just said about Thor, I feel can be can, or can be said about uh, the Suicide Squad. Well, hold on though, because like I said, you got to think if you were to put Thor Ragnarok in the exact same situation that I put, um. Suicide Squad in, or that Suicide Squad is in, we're literally talking about a point. Seven and a half, eight and a half. Yeah. 
Well, for you. Well, for me, yeah. So it's good. It's really good. But yeah. it's not good enough to crack a nine for me, period. Yeah. Well, like I said, opinions can be wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... Do you have a favorite scene, Tyler? Hands down, my favorite scene is whenever they're uh, in the office space and the bus driver dies. And they're oh, like... I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. M. It started with an M. Melton. Melton. Uh, Milton. Milton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milton. Yeah. And it was like, oh, Milton's dead. And they're like, who? There's another the, meme, by the way. The bus driver. We had a bus driver? He's been with us this whole time. He's yeah. been helping us this whole time. That is hands down my favorite part. Yeah. My favorite scene. Yeah, that was funny. That was right before the mm-hmm. uh, Polka Dot Man blew up the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, mine is probably um, the dick measuring contest, basically. Oh, yeah. John whenever they were killing the, the rebels or whatever. Yeah. Like, Idris Elba's got a flamethrower on his wrist just lighting people up. <laughs> it was great. Uh, no, 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 I take it back. Post credit scene. Oh my god. The weasel lives. The weasel does live. But that's, that's a spin off movie right there. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like that would be a no. horror movie. Like no. the weasel eating the town's people's the children. kids or yeah. whatever. Maybe. I d- that's that a horror I don't movie. Know. James Gunn write that, please. <laughs> I I don't know. So yeah, I mean like I said, I give it a seven and a half out of ten. It was really good. I highly recommend you that you see it. And I hope, I really hope that Warner Brothers, like, they will basically snowballs. I, I hope they snowball this and they don't mothball it. Like, gonna, let's put it it's going to snowball into something huge. It's going to be bigger than MCU. No, good luck there. But I guess we'll have, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. So, yeah. but all right, guys. Well, that's. That's going to wrap up this episode of The Movie Boys. I'm Tyler. I'm Rowdy. And we'll see you guys in the next one.